You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Welcome to 9ES number 280. Listen, if you are a fan of the 9to5 entertainment system, you can go to our Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and subscribe to the 9ES deluxe level and you'll get access to Garbage Time, which is great. On this week's episode of Garbage Time, we talk about uh, League of Legends and Marvel Snap, obviously. Talk about a bunch of other stuff too. But also if you're a fan, listen, there's not a ton of you. So if you can do us a favor and, you know, tell your friends about this show share the link to your favorite episode tag us or whatever the best advertising is word of mouth or something there's some something there anyway this is 90s uh on this episode we talk about the last of us we talk about some developments in science relating to dark energy we talk about the jordan peele film nope uh we talk about the red letter media ranking of john carpenter films we talk about the film elvis we talk about macho man randy savage we talk about the big show show on netflix and we talk about the upcoming blackberry movie from matt johnson uh so yeah stick around we love you Here we are on a podcast. The best podcast. Is this, is this happening? Podcast. <laughs> the only yeah. podcast starring three white friends that has ever occurred. It's important to note we're all dudes. That's, that might set us apart. We're all, we're all dudes. Mm-hmm. And like cisgender hetero dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Do we, do we all count as upper middle class? Mm, I, I don't. So. At least oh, middle class. <laughs> Scott's like I still live in a basement I've lived in a basement my whole it's, life you know it's great I'm not afraid of falling off my balcony because that'll be moving up in the world in, in his defense the, the basement he's in now is a lot nicer than all the other ones That's true. there's only one other in a nicer basement. a wide margin there's only one other one but you were there for like 12 years 10 that place was Ten. so cheap so oh cheap. my god <laughs> The rent there was amazing. When we all lived there, there was so, there was so little space. So of, of the last 25 years, how many of your years have been spent subterranean? Like 16, 17? Yeah. It's about right. No, my place in, Let me say, he's had other places. Luke. He had the other place in Verdun and he had the other place in the Cote Saint Luke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took me a long time to get Marissa convinced to move underground. <laughs> You're like <laughs> <laughs> the light. Do it, do it. It's fun when you look out the window and the uh, street sweepers are are driving by at eye level. Cool. Yeah. People just and people who just like walk by your apartment and just like stare straight into your apartment while you're eating dinner. <laughs> I'm pretty guilty of that. Like the on on my road, there's like there's a lot. It's it's there's a lot and they're like they're big basement windows and it's like it's not necessarily like that I need to like look over or down or whatever it's just like it's just like in eye line you just like stare kind of into these people's houses because it's like you're not it's it's they're big windows that are almost halfway into their basement and I'm like oh crap I'm just watching a couple watching television I mean I do even one and I'm like wonder what they're watching wonder if it's any good wonder if it's something I should talk about on the podcast. Was the it? answer is it was Last of Us. I've heard of the show. 
Yeah. Uh, Scott, I have I bad news watching. for you. It is. It's not like zombies, and it's not even like the real enemy was was humanity all along. But it is like really bleak and, and sad. Mushroom zombies. I okay. Six episodes in, full hour episodes. I I believe, other than like a swarm of mushroom zombies, like like there is a swarm mm-hmm. scene that happens in one of the episodes. Outside of that swarm. I think there's maybe like four or five mushroom zombies in the entire thing, like across six hours of of television. Mm-hmm. It's it's like it's really not about the zombies as much as Walking Dead is, because it's mm-hmm. twenty years out from infection, right? So like everybody has incorporated mushroom zombies into their BAU. So what are you doing? Sorry, crazy. my headphones are, like, are beeping at me that they're gonna die. I am looking for a cable that will let me plug them in. This is you scrambling to replace the battery? If only. If only there was a way to know that every two weeks you recorded a podcast at the exact same right? time. It's heartbreaking. Exact same day. Oh. <laughs> you know? Uh, so anyway, yeah. So uh, it follows all the like all the major beats of the game. Did you play Last of Us? I did. I played the first one. I loved it quite a lot. Yeah. So like it, it really it 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 skips ahead to the story. So you know, there's not a lot of like five hours of us wandering around the subterranean uh, area. Yeah. Yeah. But all of the beats are kind of there. Like um, uh, Sam and his older brother and all that stuff. Like Apt is the same thing. Tess mm-hmm. kind of what, what happens. Spoilers for The Last of Us. Like what happens to Tess? Like you know, you like start with a girl. Yeah. Uh, what happens to his daughter, the first daughter, Sarah, and stuff is, is obviously yeah, yeah. That's still all in there. there. Yeah, that, that's all in there. Like yeah. it's the the first half it's of a the good first twist, man. It's freaking good. Yeah, exactly. It does the same thing. Yeah. Like because if if I'm recall correctly, you play as her, right? For like the first. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. For the first you're, like, two you're hours of the game. This is going to be the little girl that you're going to play. It's a very, very good. Yeah, and the, the the first episode does like the first like forty five minutes is just following this girl through her day and like. Pedro Pascal's in it for like five seconds. Like you're yeah. like, oh, this is a show about the girl, and like Sarah watched me play, but obviously like didn't play it, so like has a lot of like memory and whatever <laughs> gaps. And then when like when when she eats it, she was like, oh wait, that's not the girl. And I'm like, no man, that's not the girl in the game. <laughs> she was like, I had like retroactively just been like, oh yeah, and then it's his daughter, and I'm like, no, it's not actually his daughter in the game. It's another girl. That's kind of why the ending is so dark. Yeah, you know? which which yeah. we don't want to spoil. And I was like, Sarah, I asked Sarah, I was like, Sarah, do you remember? Do you remember the ending? And she was like, No. And I was like, Oh man. Yeah. I was like, I almost question listener who has uh, you know played the game and and is not watching the show. So you can reflect on this. I was like, Does I mean I guess they do, but like I was like, Does HBO have the balls to do that ending? Because that is a spoilers upsetting. It's an upsetting ending of of they kinds. Like to. whether they you understand. To. You know, like whether you understand Joel's reasoning or not, it's it's upsetting to go down that way. Like, I I agree they have to. Like, if they don't, mm-hmm. I will be angry. But like, man, <laughs> that's a dark ending. Anyway, yeah. yep. I actually think the story might benefit from from not being a video game. Like, there was good video game elements in it, but I don't know that any of it needed to be that and i found that the la- the later levels of the game like the winter level at the end and the hospital level at the end i thought mm-hmm. were just like too long tedious 
Joel in each of those levels murders like 40 human beings. There's probably like a thousand human beings alive, so he's killed like a tenth <laughs> of the, the human population. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's just too much, man. But but the story I think needed him to go to all of those places, you know? Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. And this is I mean, anyway. this is kind of like like sort of what the the show also I think deals a little bit better than the game does with like addressing the fact that like it's heavily heavily alluded to in the game but it's like not necessarily spelled out like how bad of a guy was joel before this mission you know and like there's a lot of hints in it in the game certainly but there's like a lot of it's like spelled out like like people having conversations being like you are a murderer right like i get it that you you were just doing what you were doing to survive but like that that wasn't always just doing it to survive. Like that involved like picking off innocent people and stuff so that you could take their food and things. Like like a lot of people like really spell out like Joel mm-hmm. was a real piece of work in the past life. So that part's that's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really enjoying Yikes. it. Uh, but yeah, it is uh, it is bleak watching. I think Sarah has cried almost every episode. I said I'd give you a thumbs up. I mean, yeah, we, we started off this podcast. Um, joking around about how we were so unique but i'm uh-huh. telling you the other podcasts i listen to with a bunch of white dudes talking about stuff don't have these beautiful hysterical technical issues that we have well, that's our niche the, we aren't going to post the thing is though scott mm-hmm. is they do because the listener i mean we just keep some of the dialogue about the technical issues in the episode they probably that, have like them. It's a choice as and opposed then, to an expression of our laziness. Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It is a choice. And the choice is that this podcast will be produced lazily. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know what? No, no, no. This brings me like, back like, to... You like, know how many shows I listened to when they were like, hey, Katie, if you can like edit that out or whatever, and like blah, 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 blah. And they're like, look at us. We're so, we're so you know, like unprofessional that like you hear us talking to our producer and like giving her little notes and we kept that in. Isn't that funny? We, there's no producer here. <laughs> At all. A lot Never of podcasts Katie? have a producer. Where's Katie? <laughs> Where's Katie? Where's producer Katie? Uh, uh, no, no. I think it's more like that scene in Fight Club where they're on the bus and they look at the, the Calvin Klein models. Mm-hmm. Self-improvement is masturbation. We're giving you Hold the real, real. <laughs> but, but isn't that comically actually a picture of Brad Pitt? No. I think it's Marky I'm pretty Mark. sure... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Marky Mark also. Because mm. I definitely they don't show the face of the body. Like it's behind the post of the of the bus. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they said that it, was, it was a it was a Calvin Klein Brad Pitt ad. And even well, more hysterically, Brad Pitt had to like diet and work out constantly for Fight Club. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of Brad course. Brad Pitt without his but I which is great, doubly so because that's that that's just the like the manifestation of Ed Norton's image of a man in his head, right? Like mm-hmm. which is which makes it even funnier that they're they're doing all of this and it's like everybody else is seeing Ed Norton's not necessarily like r- flabby body because he's pretty like wiry and tough by the end of it, but like in his mind he has like shredded Tyler Durden abs. Spoilers. You know? Oh, 25-year-old f- film. Katie, do you want to edit that out? <laughs> <laughs> We don't. We don't need those spoilers. We're, yeah. we're getting way away from dark energy. Is this, is this a purposeful dodge on this exciting science news? Circling around dark energy as though ah, inescapable uh, from its yeah, its inexorable pull. 
we, we brought we brought it back. So yeah, big big dark energy news. Yeah. So Black dark Holes. energy, I will remind you, is one of the great mysteries of the of the universe right now. There is an enormous amount of energy in the universe that keeps keeps doing stuff, and we don't know where it comes from, and we don't know why. We just can observe its effect. And that's, in that's fact, like if he sticks in my kid. <laughs> Well, here's here's the interesting part. If you take up all of the energy that is contained in all of the stars, all the planets, all the galaxies, all of the light, everything that we can see, all of the gravity, everything that we, we can observe and interact with, okay? You want to take a guess at how much of the percentage of the universe is that stuff? 5%. Yeah. Well, maybe we've had this conversation already. So, yeah, it's 5%. <laughs> I want, I want, so, there, there, there's a – in fact, was it with you or I don't know – it might have been. I believe you yeah. and I watched the, uh, in the Smithsonian Institute of Science a short, like, like film about oh, dark energy and dark matter. We, yeah. This is straight from the Smithsonian. I think I was. Okay. Like, well, anyway, watch. yeah, that's yeah. it. So then you take twenty five times that amount, 20, further twenty five percent, and that stuff is all um, dark matter. Dark matter, and then the remaining seventy percent is dark energy. What does dark energy do? It's the thing that's pushing the galaxies away from each other. There's just more and more of it as time goes on. They don't know where it's coming from. So these guys were doing math on the amount of energy contained in black holes, and they they realized that they were there was a miscalculation that was done when they were figuring out how much energy is hidden in a black hole, and it's only a particular type of black hole, and it's only a particular type of really really old black hole. But the amount of energy was really really a lot. And then they ran all the numbers on these things, and the number, the amount of energy that was like trapped in these in these black holes, is almost exactly the same amount of energy that there is in dark energy. And so they don't have the connection between black holes and dark energy. Like, what is exactly going on? It's just it's so close to each other that it kind of has to be connected, you know? Yeah, like a, like a lot of this, at yeah. least when they were kind of explaining like dark energy in relation to dark matter and in relation to you know energy of the universe mm-hmm. is. We know it has to exist because, like that way because of math, right? Which is you're like, like there is a force that is making the math make sense that that's kind of one of the, it's like a counterbalance, well, right? So I, it's not about making the math make sense. It's about, it's about like matching the math to what is going on in the Yeah, universe, exactly. Yeah, right. So sense. we observe that there's this effect and then the, you look at the effect of gravity and it doesn't make sense, but then you add in this dark energy stuff and it's like, okay, all of a sudden it does make sense. Yeah. yeah. But, and it's, like, and it's a constant that can be applied. What's going and, on. Yeah, at certain mathematical principles and all that stuff. So that's why. So, I mean, I guess my brain immediately always goes to, like, if we do not destroy ourselves or, like, whatever. Like, is, is, like, harnessing a black hole the, like, be-all, end-all solution of, like, infinite energy? Like, There's no such thing as infinite energy. I mean, that's not going to happen. Well, but it would, but, but if you, but if you're relating it to dark energy, you're by nature saying there's more of it than energy in the universe. So infinite, like, a observable energy <laughs> right because if there's well, 80 never, if there's 70 percent dark energy wouldn't that be enough to say that like if you could harness it you could fuel five percent of the rest of the universe with any amount of like dark energy that's what that's what i'm kind of saying obviously keith, it's not infinite keith this is how your villain origin story starts i mean <laughs> all we need to do is harness the dark energy but you know <laughs> like but like it's if you're like if you have this like force that is like 70 percent more than the five percent of all existing energy in the universe. Yeah, but you'd have to be careful careful manipulating the materials that could manage this dark energy. So you'd need like some metallic arms that come out of your back, maybe oh. I thought you were gonna say you would need fusion. some kind of a like some kind of a space train 
and then you were going to tie it into Ohio, and it tips over. <laughs> and then releases oh, no. all the PVC everywhere. Astro train tripped over. Dark PVC. Uh, but yeah, right? Is that is that possible? I know it's like crazy science, and I'm, I'm not gonna, yeah. like, there's, yeah. How do you harness this energy? I'm not I, I, the way that you could harness it, right? Because as as far as I understand, it's just the force that's moving galaxies away from each other. So you'd somehow have to translate the the like additional momentum on the whole galaxy, maybe by using some kind of like a huge mass as like a slingshot around the galaxy, and then you would transfer the energy from the galaxy into the slingshot and then out to something else. I was just thinking of It'd like be tidal awfully power. big trick. Right, yeah. like, like if, I if mean, you fundamentally, could, yeah, like a title. Man, yeah, like you equate it to like in there about finding a huge mass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Slingshot it around for dark energy. Exactly. Your mom is so big she harnessed the power of dark energy and powered all of civilization for time immortal. Hmm. Anyway, the, uh, <laughs> that's the end of the science news. There's that's a the clue the as to where dark energy is. Further <sighs> bulletins as events weren't. There's a, I mean, there's also, this has been a huge couple weeks for UFOs. UFOs. No. I mean, it I has mean, been. Not in extraterrestrial UFOs. They've not been extraterrestrial UFOs. In the strictest of senses, been. though. Unidentified flying objects getting shot down all over the place, including... Well, China, China sent the spy balloon over the heartland of the U.S., mm-hmm. and then there was three, I think it was, un, unidentified balloons shot down over the U.S. right after. Yep, and, and one of them apparently is just, like... Straight up tied to hobbyists. Yeah, it was a five thousand dollar hobbyist aerial balloon that they they shot a fucking five hundred thousand dollar sidewinder missile at, <laughs> which is very yeah. very funny. Yeah. To be fair, the the money was already spent on that missile. After that, it's just waiting around to be fired at something. It's true. It's just depreciating as time yeah. goes on. Yeah, exactly. We don't want we don't want those 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 missiles to go stale. It's like missiles are like bread. Mm-hmm. You leave on the ca- a couple of days. You can't leave that cap open. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah, a bottle of vodka. It goes bad. Yeah, you got to drink that right away. Yeah. I guess. I guess it makes you can make croutons with it. But you know, mm-hmm. uh, speed of weird balloon stuff in the air. I watched. Nope. Huh. That was aliens, wasn't it? Spoiler. Yeah. Well. Yes. Question mark. I didn't see uh, it. Uh, you should. It's really good. It's probably like, like certainly up there with just like good kind of sci-fi horror. Like, and and even then, the sci-fi is is it it could just as easily be like Lovecraftian kind of hmm. thing. Like, like even the, it it is all of the characters believe they are observing an alien. Like they they say that even from like the, the first five minutes is they were like, I think it's UFO. We should try to get it on camera. <laughs> it's kind hmm. of like. Their their driving motivator, uh, of of the film. But like as the as the story progresses, there's like there's no little green men or whatever. Even like it's it's a lot of the characters sort of like projecting that they think it's probably an alien. But it mm-hmm. easily could be like some kind of ancient horror, <laughs> like that is happens to be in the sky and is uh, picking horses up off the ground and sometimes eating. Was people. it good? It was very good. I liked it a lot. It was, uh, I think I, I think he'll never land Get Out again, but like, that's the whole, mm-hmm. you know, like you're, you never get your first album, right? Like mm-hmm. it's the same. I don't think he's ever going to hit anything as hard as, as Get Out, but it's still like super well made, uh, like really interesting. <laughs> like when you're watching it, you're like, oh, right. They probably filmed this during COVID. 
like super super small cast and a lot of wide open spaces i was like this was mm-hmm. probably a dream production in covid protocols <laughs> like the closest thing to like a crowd scene is um like one of the characters has like has like one of those like roadside attraction ranches like he's like wait used to be like a child tv star <laughs> and and is just sort of like trying to like milk that little bit of fame to being like i still have a little ranch so he has like a a little demonstration but there's like stands clearly built for like several hundred but there's like maybe two dozen people there and i was like all right because it looks real sad but also no problem for covid restrictions none of these people (laughs) all these people are in an open air arena more than six feet apart you don't need to have any like cram people in just for the shot it looks better Mm -hmm. because it's more empty uh so yeah so it's basically um uh, why did I blank? Blank kind of thing. Daniel Kaluuya, Daniel Kaluuya, and Kiki Palmer are the two leads. They play a brother and a sister, and he's pretty sure that there's a UFO kind of over his ranch. Uh, like they they've seen it. Like one of their first indicators too is he's like there's there's been just like weird kind of happenstance and whatever else. And then when they're like looking at security cam footage because they're trying to capture it on camera, they realize that there's been like a particular cloud over the ridge for like probably about six months (laughs) and like the rest of the sky moves but this cloud doesn't and they're like okay we've got something here like this is not like this is not purely crazy Mm -hmm. you know and then it kind of uh kind of progresses uh progresses from there as these characters sort of start to like deal with it and assess what it is and like uh dan kaloya is a animal handler or whatever like and he like kind of realizes that you're like oh this is like a, an animal and this is like a predator and like literally realizes that like staring up at it will agitate it like so like there's scenes where like they're like eyes down eyes down and the thing's just like 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 it goes super slow over them and then someone like looks up screaming and it's like pop and gets them you know so it's huh. kind of like yeah this is a thing that if you like it, it's that's why i said like kind of almost eldritch horror ish like uh, the the implication is that the the UFO in the film is like it in and of itself a creature. Like it's not a manned spacecraft. It is mm-hmm. essentially a spacecraft, but like or a space thing, like a space being. But like the the craft itself is it. Like there's no crew on board. Like it's the entire it's it's a it's a being. <clears throat> right. So yeah, really fun. I liked it a lot. Would it have think... worked better if it was called Evil Cloud from Space? That will eat you if you look at it. <laughs> well, apparently, nope. Is a, uh, there were some production uh, notes that nope is not of planet Earth. Hmm. So there's there, a... there isn't a point where someone looks at something spooky going on and then goes, nope, and looks at the camera. And then walks Not away. looks at the camera, but there's there's a good like oh, it happens. They it, it said ha- it. Well, there's a good number of times that it happens, but it's just it's more like so Daniel Kaluuya's character is like I said, horse wrangler, kind of like a no nonsense guy. Mm-hmm. Just in general, his reactions are like great. Like at one point, like the thing just like buzzes, oh, like b- like buzzes like super close, and he just like kind of like, like as it's like heading over there, it just like kind of like has him, and he's like, hmm. And just like stares at it as it like ducks down, so like, he has a bunch of like nonplussed responses, and it has a, a lot of the like. There's a couple times where characters say nope, but most of it is like more from characters behaving like correctly in a horror film, right? Like like 
he opens up the door at one point and it's like like from the car and it's like raining blood outside and he's like nope and just like shuts the door mm-hmm. and like changes his plan because the plan is not to go out in the raining blood like there's a lot of kind of stuff like that there's it's never like full winky it's more just like this guy is kind of a no-nonsense person and he's you know just not gonna do the dumb despite the fact that his like his I like the fact that his goal is to like capture the thing on film which I, I find is like he's not trying to be like a scientist or whatever but he's just like this is crazy and i should try to film it and like it's only really in like the third act where anybody's life appears to be in danger Hmm. right so he's kind of like all right sometimes it takes horses but that's not like the craziest right like (laughs) you know like lots of things in the midwest take your horses yeah exactly that's it so it, it, it comes from it from a very like interesting point of view and and doesn't necessarily like it makes sense. Like, wouldn't you want to film it? You're like, I want to have proof of this thing that I know exists. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and like Kiki Palmer's more into it, like f- for the like fame and whatever else like that. She's like, we need the Oprah shot, the shot that gets us on Oprah. <laughs> you know, like she's looking to it for a, the route of fame and stuff. They, there's a, uh, they end up starting to work with a animal, um, like an animal documentarian who's just like, cause they're like trying to get the perfect shot. And once they kind of realize it's there, they're like, well, we should work with a guy who's familiar with, like, you've set up cameras for hours just waiting for that the, the perfect documentary shot. So we're going to bring you in mm. to kind of, like, help out. Like, everybody, like, makes sense for why they're kind of invested. Also, the best character, I don't even know who plays him. There's a guy who works, like, you know Fry's in the States? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the great big, like, Walmart-sized electronics store? True. Like, they hire they go to fries and they buy a bunch of technish technical like like cameras and stuff to record it and he's like oh like you know like for an extra fee we can like set it up and like while he's setting it up he basically is like yeah my girlfriend just like dumped me this morning or whatever else like that so he's just kind of like hanging out and he's like should i should i go like should I? and they're like yeah yeah you can leave and he's like oh okay and then like shows up there and he's like i saw something weird on the cameras i should check it out he's just like so this guy's just bored and, and sad <laughs> But again, it's like a, a plausible reason as to why you'd be like, yo, these these guys just paid thousands of dollars to wire the ranch with cameras. Pointing I want to know why. Yeah, what, what's going on? That sounds that sounds cool. I just, just, all I do is sit at home and play video games. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, basically that's the cast. There's like four four people in it. And then mm-hmm. there's the, the guy who lives at the ranch down the way. And that's it. I enjoyed it a lot. I, cool. I think I wouldn't... I think it holds the, holds together also a little bit better than... Uh, I always blank on if it's us or them. Us. It isn't the... us. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that one, it got it got a little... Um, it gets away from itself. Out of control. Yeah, it got away from itself at the end. It was a little, a little crazy, but I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's nice that somebody's doing weird, hard stuff. You know, it isn't... These, none of these movies are, like, safe reboots. Mm-hmm. It's kind of kind of nice. It's Carpenter-esque. Mm. So just so you know... It's a good... Yeah. Did and you I watch? knew this was this was another thing, but hang on, I do need to, to point this out. Is that Amazon Prime Video has an anthology horror film series that follows a black family called Them. So you understand my confusion, because I was like, wait a second, the show is Them. Why would they do that? It's so similar to the other family thing called Us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Red Letter Media did a two-hour uh, ranking of all of John Carpenter's movies that was actually kind of interesting. Oh, hmm. yeah. And and 
I mean, like, like what's what's number one? Big Trouble yeah, in Little yeah, China. Can, can give give us a, a one two if you can remember it. A one two. Big Trouble in Little China was up there. Actually, it wasn't the top for both of them. Shit, I actually I, I wasn't expecting to talk about this. I don't remember what they were. The um, <laughs> was it the thing? No, I, I have to look it up. They were weird choices, but thing, it's kind of fun. New York, something with Kurt Russell. <laughs> There's a shitload of of old Carpenter movies, and I think there were 15 total that they went through. I don't know if it was the entire Carpenter library or if it was just hmm. um, like in the 80s and 90s. Might have been. Mm, hopefully, it wasn't Vampires because I'm still mad at that movie. No, no, Vampires was on there. Ghosts of Mars was on there, and they had it. They had a couple of really bad ones that like you didn't even hear of. Oh, one of them that I watched, which was Rough House, Roughhead Rex, Rawhead Rex. Which is Rock crazy. Rex it's like head. super, super low budget, and it's and it's this like this like weird monster from under a statue gets out from under the statue and just runs around murdering people in in like a really, really remote area. But like Im- Im- so like imagine a little like Halloween, but instead of the monster being like a serial killer, the monster is like a he-man villain in a like a foam rubber suit. It's just so badly done. Ah, yeah. I love it. But now I'm super curious as to what one was. It was a good like, watch. If if you're I'll... a Carpenter fan, like they go into details about like the strengths and failures. You know, the 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 like classic Carpenters are the the like Apocalypse trilogy, you know, the thing and In the Mouth of Madness and um uh, Lord of Darkness. Was it Lord of Darkness? No, it was um Prince, Prince of, Darkness. of Darkness. Prince of Darkness. So like I I I really really love in the mouth of madness, but it gets away from itself at the end. It doesn't. It doesn't all come together. While Prince of Darkness yeah. is bad, but man, does it stick the ending! I yeah, love so, the ending of that movie. John is false. Yeah, yeah. Was Roughhead Rex? But, but well, Rich, Rich has Big Trouble as okay. number one. Yeah, and, and Jay has The Thing as number one. So oh, it is well, both it was, The Thing the and thing Big and... Trouble <laughs> are, are ranked number one for both of them. Uh, and Rich Rich ranks the thing uh, as second. Uh, however, Jay has big trouble down at four. Yeah. What so, do they What did they have as threes? Three. Okay, so we'll do we'll do Jay uh, Rich's list. Sure. Rich says big trouble in Little China, the thing, Christine, Starman. Starman's oh, high. Starman's good. It's good, but it's high. But like he has Starman over They Live and Escape from New York, and I would kind of go. So hold on, hold on, hold on. That that's another one that's worth a rewatch. Where it's like amazing halfway through, and then he has no idea what to do halfway. Yeah, through. well, like They Live doesn't even make Jay's list. Oh no, it does. They have yeah, they okay. both they both rank They Live as fifth. Yeah. They both agreed on John Carpenter's fifth best film is They Live. Um, but look at yeah, the bottom they... one for both of them. They... So what was it called? On. So that well, so that's the top five. They have the fog pretty low. They have Prince of Darkness also pretty low. Yeah, in the mouth of mad in the mouth of madness eleventh. Okay, so just looking at the other list of J, the thing, Escape from New York, Halloween, Big Trouble in Little China, They Live, Starman, The Fog, Prince of Darkness, Christine, Assault on Precinct Thirteen. I agree with a lot of Jay's list. Yeah, uh, Jay knows his shit. In the mouth of madness, Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Village of the Damned, Vampires, Dark Star, Escape Dark from Stars LA. Is a sci-fi thing. Yeah, Escape from LA, The Ward, and Ghosts of Mars is at the bottom of the list. Maybe uh, he just wrote Roughhead Rex. Maybe I'm confusing maybe. it. With... But yeah, Ghosts of Mars, Escape from LA, and Dark Star are the like bottom three or four for each of them. Vampires is worse than 
Escape from LA and Darkstar. Darkstar's at yeah. least clever. Rich Rich has vampires in the top ten. People like that eight. movie and they're wrong. <laughs> that movie is real bad. That is yeah, one Jay, of the Jay has it Ghost of Mars is pretty painful. It's like they, when they're when they're criticizing it, they're talking about how it's like it's not just bad, it's like lazy bad. You know, Carpenter does know how to film scenes and even he's not the best with action, you know, but at least he's a little bit interesting. Whereas in Ghost of Mars it's just flat, flat, flat all the way through the movie. Fucking Vampires boring. films during the day with an orange filter on to make it look like mm-hmm. that. But it doesn't. That's how you know they had budget. And they had actors who were willing to work at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like, see like there was there's none of that in Nope. Like like there, there's nothing like every everything is shot well and shot with purpose mm-hmm. and like there, there's even kind of like there's like a little there's like a little bit of like weird backstory to the the character who was like a tv um like a childhood tv star of like it, it's great like the open the opening scene is just you see like a like a soundstage like for like an old sitcom and and you just see like the legs of a a woman that appears to be dead and you just see like a chimpanzee in a party hat with blood all over his face and like the chimpanzees is just like like kind of like agitated and like like squirming around it'll eat you it'll eat you (laughs) it'll eat your face but like but that you know becomes obviously the like like keep that in mind while these people try to film the alien (laughs) you know like it's just like it's such a like why did why did jordan peele show me this Mm-hmm. And it, like it's like such a good like choice of just like, and then they they kind of explain the event of like what happened where it was just sort of like oh yeah like they they it was a TV show in the nineties or whatever with a monkey and then like the like balloons they like went out because they celebrated the monkey's birthday it was like, kind of like based on that story that actually mm-hmm. happened right where they they celebrated the monkey's birthday but then the balloons apparently like went up into the lights uh, on the studio and then started popping. And the monkey was like, fight or flight time, baby. And that was like the the tragedy of the television show. But like, but it was still just like a great like opening shot. You're like, what movie am I even watching <laughs> with this opening shot? And why is it important to know that a monkey went crazy? And then you're just sort of like, oh, this this <laughs> informs the rest of the film. And I should remember what happened with the monkey. <laughs> like, it's good. Like, like, like a lot of just like, like smart shots and just smart, like, even when it does like a little, like, side neander kind of like into that weird stuff you're like oh it's for a purpose it's not just like whatever here's some weird mm-hmm. backstory <laughs> here's a chance to show an angry monkey <laughs> yeah I, I think the, the the guy knows what he's doing uh, Oscar snubbed though he had no Oscar nominations for Nope and he did mm-hmm. for us and he also did for Get Out so I think this is the first film the first Jordan Peele film that he has no Oscar well, if you saw some of the movies that were nominated this year, I would say it's better for him to not be associated with them. This is a Ooh. weird, gross year for nominations. Top Gun Maverick was nominated for Best Picture. Even though yeah, Best Picture is a dumb, dumb thing now. You can't say that. They're, they nominate 10 movies, and like Best Blockbuster is now. Like, Best Blockbuster is an unofficial Academy Award that is like awarded by. They added five extra nominations to Best Picture where they just, like, throw some blockbusters in there. So they don't actually give an award to the Best Blockbuster, but they they, they nominate the Best Blockbuster in that list, right? Like, that's happened mm-hmm. a bunch of times. And that's and that and that is be- so we don't have Titanic winning Best Picture again, because it shouldn't have. <laughs> At least <laughs> like, Titanic was 
work. Like, at least when you watch Titanic, you could be like, James Cameron worked on this movie. He made a, a big fucking movie. He made a you big movie. You dislike a lot of it. Yeah. Maverick is not that. I mean, people did, have said it was. I mean, you've seen it. You're the only one I think who's seen it. But like, people say it's like a technical achievement and whatever. It's not. Like, it's not. It's top pushed, gun. But they pushed the real buttons in the real order that the real fly people pushed them. So <laughs> this <is a> shit. <laughs> Flight Simulator's been a video game for like 25 years. <laughs> Do not care. It, it's uh, it's a dumb Top Gun movie that religiously apes the original. <laughs> I mean, isn't that most of those big budget movies these days? It's just a repeat of the whatever came before. I mean, yeah, but that was the the like overt idea with Maverick. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was not being like, hey, we're gonna take what worked and do it again until everyone's sick of it. It's like screaming at the top of its lungs, "We're doing the thing we did." But however, it was the Mike Love. Of of movies, just but be like, I'm we, a Beach Boy. <laughs> if we are gonna slam the Oscars, though, we have to take a moment of pause. Where if you listen to this podcast when we did our our year in review episode, mm-hmm. we were like, was everything everywhere all at once uh, the best picture of the year? And it was. I don't know if it's nominated for best picture. It might be, but it is nominated for the most Oscars of any picture that came out this year. It's nominated for eleven. Mm-hmm. So. In so far as everything, everywhere, all at once, we do agree with the Oscars and the fact <laughs> that that move that movie deserves a ton of praise and hopefully a good good chunk of awards. Yeah. Any other that surprises movie was on dope. there? While you're mm-hmm. looking at the list, while I'm looking at the, everything, everywhere, all at once, in fact, is nominated for Best Picture. So, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, I think that, I think it, I was the most surprised that Everything, Everywhere, All at Once got that many noms. Like I was like. You know, like, it's still a silly, insane, over-the-top, cartoony kung fu flick with, like, extended butt-plug jokes. Like, mm-hmm. as good as it is, mm-hmm. are, you, are you, like, saying that you're going to hold it up and be like, this film, those butt-plug jokes, and All Quiet on the Western Front <laughs> are equal things. One of Maybe them not is those the- specific butt-plugs, but, you know... I mean, yeah, I would put that on a list with All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, you and I would. But, like, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, I feel that it is a nod in the di- correct direction, which is that just because something is silly and insane, it can also be great. Like, it, mm-hmm. like greatness and silliness and insaneness can... Insaneness, that's right. Insaneness. Not it can insanity. be part of something great. There's nothing like that in, in Top Gun 2. Right? <laughs> There's nothing great. Uh, like, I did watch. Also, I, speaking of Oscars, I uh, I, I watched um, Elvis. Cool. And, and what's uh, it about? Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of like I passed. Obviously, I mean I kind of passed on it in general. Like I was like, ah, whatever, Elvis. But like. Boz Lerman kind of poured me, pulled me back in. I saw like a friend of mine was just sort of like, listen, you probably know the story of Elvis. This is not anything new. This does get a, really into how shitty his manager was, which not all the Elvis stories does. This like focuses a lot on it to the point where like the Colonel Tom Parker or whatever his name is there, like Elvis's weird carny manager is like, is like the narrator of the film kind of trying to like 
defend his actions to you, the viewer, even though they're completely, like, completely reprehensible at all levels and is just an absolute monster through and through. Is that, that part is, like, I knew about it but didn't necessarily know the scope of it. But otherwise, you're like, here it is. This is the Elvis story. And then the fact that it's Baz Luhrmann is what makes it watchable. Like, like oh, just all those concert footage and him, like, shaking his hips for the first time. Like, Baz Luhrmann knows how to shoot, like, music and dance numbers like nobody's business, right? So all of that just looks, like, amazing. <laughs> and you're just like, I don't even care what's, what's happening right now. This is, like, hmm. one big music video that is, like, brilliantly shot. Uh, a couple of things I didn't, like I said, I didn't know the full scope of how shitty his manager was. His manager took 50% the entire career. 50, That's outrageous. 50% of everything Elvis made. Yeah. <laughs> which is insane. And yeah. then when, um, because he incorporated Elvis, when Elvis did try to separate himself from the manager, he then footed a bill to Elvis Presley Incorporated for all of his expenses as the other company. Yeah. Despite having taken 50% the entire time. Like, so gross. Basically, like, stopped Elvis from... Ever, you know, other than going to war, Elvis never left America. Like, he never did an international tour. Like, never never toured Japan, never hmm. toured Europe, never toured anywhere. Like, the, he got off of the, like, mainland uh, by playing the show in Hawaii. That was it. He, like, spent two years in Germany... <laughs> after he was drafted the movie heavily alludes that the drafting was also kind of this guy's uh machinations or whatever because like celebrities weren't getting drafted whoa and then elvis magically did at the Mm -hmm. peak of where he was getting charged for indecency and all that stuff so it's like speculated heavily that you're like yeah they 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 were just like let's clean up his image and send him to war Yeah. yeah he'll come back a clean cut hero you know and like saw no action or whatever when he Mm -hmm. did get sent over there so was still protected when he was deployed because he was elvis but like seems to be that and one of the reasons that they didn't want to do a tour so this guy colonel tom parker was like i said colonel tom parker i'm just saying it colonel what's his face colonel tom hanks is is Mm -hmm. the, the guy who plays him uh like genuinely had no citizenship anywhere was like and also not a real colonel and like was just like like a full on carny flimflam man who mm-hmm. like saw a meal ticket and just like hitched to him crazily like turning down he apparently had like a an offer for like a million dollars to play one show in Tokyo and then instead took the offer of a million dollars for a whole year of residency in Vegas like because the Vegas people could cancel his enormous gambling debts and the Tokyo people could not <laughs> Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, and you're like, ugh. So I read, gross. I read this thing about Elvis um, a couple of years ago that claimed that it like told the story of why Elvis was the king, and what it was saying was like the there was a degree of consolidation in the music industry that just doesn't exist right now. Like there was mm-hmm. just like less different styles of music. Oh, and of course. There, there, the notion of like people writing their own songs was like you, already pop music. Generally, the artists don't write their own, song, yeah, their own yeah, songs. Yeah, yeah, Like that was even way more common and accepted back then. So when Elvis was like at the top of his game and everybody fucking loves Elvis, everybody who wrote a song would go and get if it was a good song, it was gonna go to Elvis. You know? Yeah. So like he got all the best songs and everybody mm-hmm. listened to him and every radio station played him and he yep. he would like whiterize all kinds of rock music that that people didn't want to admit to actually enjoying and 
it'll never happen again. You know, like there'll just oh, never sure. be that level of dominance over the music industry over. And it was like 10 years, right? That he was at, at the absolute peak. Yeah, I would say even more, longer. Like, yeah. Well, that's it. Because then like, and yeah, the guy, it, it sucks too. Like the, like he came back from the war and kind of wanted to, you know, get into acting and all that stuff. And again, is like his flim flam man made him just churn out all those shitty Elvis movies, even though he wanted to be like more of an Paul actor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, he, he wanted to be Jimmy Dean, really. Like that was his, uh, his thing. What also, rebelling like, against. Yeah, exactly. Sarah and I were, uh, were commenting though, being like, man, Lisa Marie Presley, who also just recently passed away. Like, what a what a short straw on the naming category. Like, your father's name is Elvis. Your mother's name is Priscilla. Like, the, and these are just regular people with these names. These are not stage names. Like, Elvis was born mm-hmm. Elvis. Priscilla was born Priscilla. And they're like, Lisa Marie. And I'd be like, what gives, guys? Like, why can't I get a cool name like Elvis or Priscilla? Why do I just have boring-ass name? Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I, I mean, and again, I information I knew, but like, didn't fully register because he looks like absolute dog shit in his later years died at 42 like mm-hmm. when you see that footage he, of like fat elvis in 77 i would have yeah. like put my life on saying this guy is in like at least his late 40s maybe his late 50s like he looks like like look up the elvis last concert 1977 footage and he looks like dog shit <laughs> Think, like, think at the time people were not as aware of how much damage you could do to your body with like uppers and downers like that, that and shit they, was oh, just like way well more hang on normal. a second Q. also go back and look at any hockey player playing in the nhl <laughs> true, in true. i mean but we also don't know what uppers and downers those hockey any of them players are like are 29 <laughs> yeah but we don't right? know what those uppers and downers that like you know the hockey players were doing like you know don cherry Bopping talks about bennies. his bennies <laughs> just popping bannies and doing whatever. And that's the other thing, too, that they get into that is also apparently, like, pretty documented is that, like, to get him his rest, they would, like, pump him full of, like, sleeping pills and whatever else like that and throw him on the plane mm-hmm. and then, like, have him sleep in the hotel and then, like, jack him full of uppers to get him energized on stage and then, like, pump him full of downers again as soon as, like, Curtain Call came in. And you're like, oh, my God. And they had, like, Dr. Nick. Which is great because it was Dr. Nick and I was like, hi, everybody, every time he like shows up. But yeah, his personal doctor was just Dr. Nick. And there's like a scene in the hospital where like the real doctors are like, uh, like this guy needs to be like hydrated and put on bed rest for like weeks. Like, look at him. He's screwed up. And they're like, can you get on stage tonight? And like his dad is like, call Dr. Nick. (laughs) Like, you're like, we're fucking probably dramatized a little bit, but like we know how bad it went. Like, we know how south all of that went, so maybe a little bit of creatively, we, but, like, not that much? <laughs> you know, like, ugh. Anyway, uh, worth watching. That's right. Just quietly waiting. Just, just quietly, just, just, you know, true intimacy is in enjoy quiet time together. It's, it's nice to take a moment to just breathe. Of course, I'm going to end up using this. <laughs> Somehow it's going to have worked properly. <laughs> I'll still use it. I have to give the people what they want. Uh-huh. All of our comments on our last episode were just people saying, more quiet time. More quiet time. John, what do you have to say about Tom Sizemore? What do I, I, I don't really have that much. I don't know that much about Tom Sizemore. It was just... <laughs> It's just the right moment. Newsfeed. You guys didn't see a little. You don't. 
you, you didn't see a little note notification that he had an aneurysm i'm no. not subscribed to r sizemore yeah <laughs> no me neither but like i don't I'm, it's not even our film or our movies i don't know why it was on there but but i saw a little note saying he had a horrible horrible aneurysm and um he's like legendary among the the, the hollywood dudes who just lost their way to drugs and mm-hmm. um we remember him from a Saving lot. Private Ryan and from mm-hmm. uh, Strange Days and Here. from... Born on the 4th of July, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, Passenger 57, True Romance, Natural Born Killers, oh, Strange Days, romance. Heat, Saving Private Ryan, Ryan, Red Planet, Black Hawk Down, Pearl Harbor, and was in the 2017 uh, rendition of Twin Peaks. I mean, he was in a lot more, but those are like the... He also had size- the Always Sunny in Philadelphia... Role, which he was also I'm the guessing... voice voice of Sonny Ferrelli in uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Yep. So, kind of a I guess like a like those aren't like not to say B movies, but like it's just like, like one of those like like supporting actor guys who you're like, oh man, you're in everything. Well, like, the thing just, is, he wasn't directors. gonna be. He was gonna be like like a a plus leading man, and um, like the the him in Saving Private Ryan, it was already known that he had really really big drug problems. And mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg arranged for him to be drug tested every single morning of the shooting that he was on for that film. And he said, if you ever fail a test, you're off the movie. We're reshooting everything you do. And mm-hmm. he um, managed to make it through that. And then like the other big one from that era and then downhill like crazy is getting arrested over and over again, doing like celebrity rehab season three. So, so he was in Point Break. <laughs> he was uh, he was in Wyatt Earp. He was Bat Masterson in the Wyatt Earp film. Yeah, man, that Natural is one killer that no one should watch. Because there are so many exists. better westerns don't exist. <laughs> like, I have brought two thinking, guns, one boy, for each of you. Uh, if you're thinking, boy, I would like to watch a movie about the showdown at the OK Corral. Just choose Tombstone. Just do it. You'll be so much happier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's five fair. Who plays Wyatt Earp in the other one? Costner. Yeah, it's like I was going to say, it's like the bigger actor is in White Earp. Mm-hmm. And it's like almost three hours long. But Tombstone is just a better film. Like, if you're one of those it's people... Sam, Sam Neill is White Earp, and uh, Iceman is Doc Holliday, right? Is that right? No, Kurt Russell. Yeah. Yeah. And But you're right about um, Iceman as... Iceman is uh, Doc Holliday. Yeah. Val yeah. Kilmer is... is... Doc Holliday. The thing, the thing with Tombstone is that it's a movie that is having fun, and everybody's having fun, and they're all trying to have fun. And then the, the Wyatt Earp is like, we're trying to do a film, capital F, serious shit. But it's, but it's not. But though, it's not. Tombstone it's was half directed by Kurt Russell, because the director was just wasted the whole time. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, and I can't do this anymore. So Kurt Russell, uncredited, just I didn't know that took over and made. Made the movie, <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's desperately trying to keep everything together. Like White Earp came off as a biopic, Tombstone came off as a western. Like basically, I, it almost almost it's not a western. It's like like an action Hollywood movie that happens to be a western. You know, I feel like it's like an action movie, uh, a summer action blockbuster before it's a western. Although it is definitely a western. Yeah, but I think but that was. The westerns of old were that, right? Like your old, like your John Wayne films and stuff were were popcorn action, yeah, like avenues. So I feel it had right, like right, right, more right, right. to do with but, that. 
but that's the early that's the early 90s or it's the it's the 80s when when uh tombstone comes out and then they're, they're like almost into the era of 90s westerns which is where they start getting super serious and reflexive and it's unforgiven and um all the like anti-westerns of that era yeah so well tombstone is 93 dude was it 93 yeah, oh, yeah. shit and and it was still 130 minutes long it was also yeah. pretty long like i remember that film being like kind of breezy Okay, when was Unforgiven? Am I am I totally screwing up my dates here? Was it ninety three? Unforgiven. Unforgiven was ninety two. All right, so, so yeah, there, it's, it's in the kind of, era a, of yeah, anti westerns. They were probably in production at the same time, right? Like yeah. one of them came out August ninety two, the other one came out in December ninety three. So yeah, they were probably in like one was in post while the other one was in production or whatever. They're it's it's the Dances with Wolves Fallout from eighty nine. Mm. Dances with Wolves came out. It was a Western. It was nominated for all the big awards. And they were just like, oh, we can do Cowboys again. And when did The Quick and the Dead come out? 97? 95, 96? Because then that's like that's post right. all that, right? That's Sam Raimi being like, everyone's making art film cowboy movies. I want to make pew pew cowboy movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the Tombstone. 95. 95, all right. Um... There's another Speaking of Sam Raimi, uh, I watched <laughs> Macho Man do a rap. <laughs> John, did you listen to it too? I did. It was actually pretty good. So the news like, article came out today because this album is finally being released on vinyl. And I, <laughs> I don't know what in my algorithm said this is going to be a featured story. But oh, I know. Nice. Exactly. You, you previously... Uh, sending me that video, the like the yeah, like just the Macho Man going yeah over Stone Temple Pilots. That's not Stone Temple Pilots. Collective Soul. Collective Soul. Whatever. I'm just saying that's the kind of news I want the AI to give to me. Exactly. Like Macho Man related rap news. Yes, please. Like, what makes you think that the algorithm does not know that that is exactly targeted? Okay, fine. I know why I'm getting it, but I'm still here for it. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, be be a man. And and the album also features a like perfect friend, which is a hip hop tribute to his best friend, Mr. Perfect. So good. One of the lyrics in the song in the song "Be a Man." The reason why I brought this up and why it was the best segue ever. It's they call you Hollywood. Don't make me laugh because your movies and your acting skills are both trash. Your movie straight to video. The box office can't stand while I got myself a feature role in Spider-Man. Thanks, Macho. (laughs) He played Bonesaw. Bonesaw is ready. There's more of a question mark on it. Bonesaw is ready. Can you think of a better wrestler at that time to be Bonesaw Bonesaw. McGraw? No, I also think that that is one of the greatest wrestlers in cinema, like moments in cinema. Like wrestlers do not often get like good moments in big movies, and that is a good moment for a wrestler in a big movie. Where like as a wrestler, like not just like oh we we cast a wrestler as a big dude. You're like this is a wrestler in cinema in a movie not about wrestling, <laughs> and it is a great yeah, moment. Get Hogan in, in Rocky Three, and that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, pretty much every time wrestlers show up on any other sitcom or movie or whatever, it's like to be the butt of the joke. (laughs) (laughs) 
you had weird, uh, what do you call it? Tyrese is in Glow, and I hate it because Tyrese mm. sucks. I don't know if I've told you guys this, but uh, on Netflix, I watched the Big Show show, all all of it. Oh God! <laughs> like about the rest Why, of the though? Big Show. It was a sitcom about the Big Show and his home life with his family and his kids that are not his family or his kids. It's just the sitcom. But he's and still... it's like a, it's it's like a it's like a three camera nineties sitcom. Hanging with Mr. Cooper style show. Yeah. And why? I, I mean, I remember a couple people yeah. told me about it and they were like, oh, unwatchable trash. And the fact that you watched all of it. Why? Both that's seasons, got... start to finish. Every oh, single episode. How many episodes are there? At it's least more... 25. Okay, like what season? happens in an episode? Uh, his oldest daughter is mad because he spent so much time on the road so she starts acting out and doesn't want to be part of the family anymore and sneaks off when it's past curfew so he has to go get her from a house party and they're all like oh your dad's but is he the big show but he's the big show so they're like oh my god it's the big show he's so big and then he like every time he walks in and they're like well and then he lifts up the the bad kid who's hosting the party by by the collar of his shirt, like seven feet in the air. And he's like, "I think the party's over, everybody!" And the laugh track goes off, and everyone goes home, and they have a heart to heart about how it he's sounds sorry like for being the, on the worst road. version of Home Improvement. Or the best version of Home Is Improvement. Is there a Wilson? I mean, no, but there's Mick Foley who shows up every now and then. Okay, no, 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 no. They said there's only one season and it's nine episodes. Maybe it just felt like twenty. It felt like two episodes. seasons of twenty-five episodes each. <laughs> it's only nine yeah. episodes. <laughs> it's only nine episodes. Did you did you take a bunch of mushrooms before watching it <laughs> and then get into a loop? <laughs> uh, anyway, well, so I mean, fine then. You guys should apparently watch it. it's it only felt like episodes. it felt like twenty episodes when it was nine. Yeah, I thought it was two seasons of like thirteen. Wow. Nope, it's one season of nine. So that sounds terrible. I'm more interested if it felt now. like two if it felt like two seasons of thirteen but was one episode of nine. That must have been such a terrible slog. Yeah. Speaking of Big Show, do you know what his new call sign is as a commentator for AEW? I love it. No. Uh, announcing with you tonight is no more BS Paul White. I'm like, ha, that's it's funny. 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 It was a great dad joke, and I was I was there for it. Okay, uh, you said something. It made me made something pop into my head, and I had a cool segue for it. But now I now I don't. Randy Savage, The Big Show. Randy Savage, The Big Show. Sam Raimi. Something. Maybe the 90s. Thunderlips, oh. Rocky Three. I think it was the nineties. Speaking oh, of sure. the nineties, <laughs> here it is. Uh, they're making a movie about like the rise and fall of BlackBerry. Why do oh, we yeah. care so much about because this movie? Because it has, uh, what's his name in it? Glenn Howerton and Jay Baruchel. That is not why we actually care about the film. That okay. That's a happy bonus. Why we care about this film is that it's written and directed by Matt Johnson from like yes. The Dirties who and Operation Who is the guy Avalanche. who did The Dirties? Exactly. And that's why I'm really interested in this film. Because <laughs> Matt yep. Johnson, who did The Dirties, Operation Avalanche, Nirvana, The Band, The Show, is a... Uh, 
creative genius. <laughs> did you see Nirvana the Band the show? Was it good? I did. Yeah, I watched uh I watched the full first season and I'm partway through the second. It's so funny. It's so funny and like again, does the same operates in the same thing as kind of like where they shot some of the dirties and whatever was like sometimes it's just them filming like they are f- performing a script yeah. but it's in public and the people around are not necessarily aware that a script is happening. <laughs> so they, they do a lot of a lot of that in and around Toronto which is just very funny like like they actually call the rivoli again and again and like he's talked about it in in the like in the credits he's like they have no idea like what these idiots are and we just keep trying to like pretend then they used the footage then they filmed at when they were at Cannes for operation avalanche they then used like the fact that they were at Cannes to film an episode of Nirvana the Band the Show where they play their characters in Nirvana the Band the Show actually at Cannes but like trying to pitch their their band as a movie to like real directors and stuff and people are like what the hell is this like everyone's like what is happening who are these people but they like have press have their passes because they actually had a film screening at Cannes it's fucking brilliant they're like this is what I'm saying Matt Johnson's an absolute psychopath and hilarious and the fact that he's directing apparently it was like pure chaos right like blackberry was just yeah. a bunch of just like a bunch of dudes who like happened onto a good idea and were like smart but like immediately in over their heads like mm-hmm. uh like the it's based on the the book like the rise and fall of blackberry and whatever which was like right place right time right idea and then they were like Oh, so you're like you're you're about to compete head to head with you know like like Ericsson who's been making phones forever and Nokia who's been making phones forever and you're just like this yep. Canadian company out of like Waterloo being like, yep. But it worked. <laughs> there was a couple of years where they There's, were it. Well, they they got a freaking they got like a, a not necessarily a bailout to save their company, but they got like a bailout to save their servers from the United States government. Because BlackBerry encrypted messaging was considered like the the standard encrypted messaging at the time, and so much government um, like traffic was reliant on the BlackBerry Messenger that the government was like these servers can't go down. Mm-hmm. Like we need to buy X months to like offboard our stuff mm-hmm. because like so because like they were just like well we're bankrupt we're gonna shut it down and like the, the, the United States government was like whoa 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 shutting what down now like it's it's amazing how one idea and this is the idea of the blackberry that boomers don't like t9 texting can have created a billion dollar company and encrypted messaging they had security when nobody else had security and they had a full keyboard that was QWERTY on the phone, and that was enough to get every manager we had 20 years ago to be like, <laughs> this is a phone I can use. I think like, I think that that is what maybe, like, certainly, I think, like, injected them into the, like, the mass market. But I think that that ability was, you're like, this is a business phone. All of your corporate secrets are safe on this phone, and you can write an email, because look at this full keyboard. You know, like, and and to that point, if you were an executive in, like, whenever BlackBerry was out there, late 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. 
you didn't know T9 texting, right? Like, it's like, could I yeah, type on no, T9 no, a pretty freaking fast? You had no idea. But you did know that I want to be able to email from the train. You know, like, <laughs> like you did know that. <laughs> so, and then the fact that, like, the data wasn't great and whatever. And instead of using SMS, they then use their proprietary messaging to be like, by the way, it's also super secure. And you have a magical email address that goes through our super secure thing. So it's like, you have your at blackberry.com. Like, again, like, it was like, a technol like a technological like it was hitting the two points of you have a secure way to get emails yeah, no, it was it was a phone and you can answer your them. it manager and he would be like yeah that's fine right i, I mean but it wasn't just to think your it manager i think your anybody who was your it manager wasn't just saying yeah that's fine was actually saying like oh yeah thank god you're not just freaking texting our financial reports cuz mm-hmm. that's insane like anyone who was like up on how how easy that stuff was to monitor it was like oh yeah this is actual encrypted messaging what like 25 years before like the mass market realized that encrypted messaging was something that we wanted you know like like now like that like whatsapp basically entered oh. into the world as like it's encrypted messaging and that was like 20 years after blackberry when blackberry had already marketed their encrypted messaging yeah i'm gonna stand to by businesses. my belief that it's the keyboard because if you show them a t9 phone Motorola that that's got encrypted messaging. No one, no one's putting that in their suit pocket. No, I I agree, I agree with you that that's like your form function or whatever. But the reason businesses were willing to spend the money on it was not just the keyboard. Like the keyboard is why managers wanted it. Like that's what I'm saying is like that was on the like at the at the ground level. I want this phone because it has a keyboard. Mm-hmm. And then businesses would be like, oh, okay, we actually will invest in this because it's bringing something to the table that other phones are not, which is like safe encryption and email when in a time where email on your phone was not really a thing either right like even probably probably even more than encryption just getting email on a phone was not normal at that time right and then encryption was probably just a happy bonus but that's why people wanted to probably invest in it like like who would have thought though like i was gonna say blackberry was one of those ones where like we knew by the time they they what, like filed for bankruptcy that they were like on their way out but like at the peak of their powers you would have thought right. that that was like as safe as apple as like a brand like they were smartphones basically is it iphone is it just iphone that kills them probably eh? yeah yeah uh, the, the the screen the touch screen versus the the buttons mm. i think a blackberry was things. very BlackBerry is very slow to get into the the, the whole phone as a, a screen. They they were also very slow to get into apps. Their like app stores were garbage, even when like the other ones were really just starting to be possible. Like there was a while where you could sideload apps on your I, iPhones that you never mm-hmm. could do on a BlackBerry. The other thing was that you you had a lot of people who like started to see problems with BlackBerry, and just at the right time, the other guys started to get their security shit together. Yeah. You know, so all of a sudden you could do iPhone stuff and make a claim to be secure. Like whether or not it actually was, who knows or who cares, but it was like being able to like tick the checkbox that says we're using industry standard security, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I bet there's a really good book to be written about that, The Downfall of Blackberry. I would. Well, that, it, this is like movie, said, the movie, the movie is based on the book. Yeah. There's a book yeah. by uh, Jackie McNish called Losing the Signal, the Untold the untold Story Behind the Extraordinary Rise and Spectacular Fall of Blackberry. Yeah. So that is the that's the source uh source material for for this film. Mm-hmm. So yeah. This was pretty garbagey. Yeah. Was mm-hmm. this garbage time? 
This wasn't garbage time. This was this was movie news. This movie literally premiered like last night in Berlin. Oh well, then do you want to put it on our list? We could be the first well, people. I haven't, in. I haven't, I haven't oh, seen Blackberry. See see <laughs> I was not in Berlin last night. I don't know. It uh, it comes out uh, April though. Like it has a it's Canadian release. I think it's April oh, something. Man. So. I don't know if that's what your is on your radar, but my must see coming out movie is going to be Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear. That looks so good. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see the trailer for Cocaine Bear? No. Yeah, I get it. It's a bear that he does a bunch of cocaine. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's it's the movie. Eighties. It's an eighties period piece about some cocaine drug lords flying in single engine prop planes, mm-hmm. and a bag of cocaine falls out in the Pacific Northwest. And the bear does and they go look for it because it's like a million dollars of cocaine, but instead a grizzly bear gets it. And there's a. So now you have Co- a grizzly bear who's done a million dollars worth of cocaine. <laughs> Causing havoc and murdering people throughout the woods. And it looks amazing. It, it's the Sharknado for this It is generation. based on a true story. <laughs> it's also filmed guerrilla style. Yeah, <laughs> just kind of put this bear in the small town and see what happens. It's found super, yeah, exactly. You know, like film full gorilla style. They gave a bear cocaine. They were like, (laughs) they smuggled a million dollars worth of cocaine into the country to give to a bear. Uh, All right. Uh, I guess stay tuned for garbage time because this was meant to be main episode. (laughs) Because otherwise, we don't have a full hour of main episode. Right. All right. Stay tuned for garbage time. This is like what you get when you're subscribed to garbage time. A little kind of idiocy. It's good. Mm -hmm. Sure. So but I mean, I think that Matt Johnson's new film fun. is actual main show content. We love Matt Johnson. It's a movie that's oh, yeah. coming out. We do love Matt Johnson. We don't. We got. We got to promo that guy. We saw him twice live at least. And he's he's also the most charming like goofball in the world. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. After anyway, us. stick around for garbage time where I ask Scott what deck he's playing in Marvel Snap. <laughs> Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 905.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.